Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We are joined now by Tony Pike, host of Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Man, sometimes there are players in the league where I'm like, whoa, I wish I was really a fan of that team. Because then you feel like, that dude's mine, right? Like, I love that. I didn't love drafting him second overall, but the fact that Saquon Barkley's on the Giants, I get to root for him as part of my, oh, it feels so good. What it must be like to root for a team with Joe Burrow at quarterback. What's that like, Tony Pike? Man, it, it has been crazy, guy. Look, this, this is a guy that got drafted to a organization that was the, the laughing stock of a lot of jokes in the NFL. And in a very short span, he has created a respect. He has created a, a fear from some teams. But more importantly, it's a confidence and a swagger that emulates through the locker room. It emulates through the fan base of, a, of what Joe Burrow means to Cincinnati. You, you can't even put into words in just, like I said, this, this short amount of time what he's done in Cincinnati uh, on and off the field. Tony, how tall are you? 6'6". Six, six. Uh, you know, the reason I asked you that, because I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, Tony's got to be one of the tallest damn quarterbacks I've ever seen in life. He was like so tall. When you talk about tall order, how much confidence do you have in Joe Burrow being able to get this team back to the Super Bowl? Look, that, that, that's what it is. It, it's, it's the confidence in this team. They've won nine games in a row, and I think you can argue that all nine of those games were sloppy at some point. They, the offense hasn't been consistent. If you look at the team from a, a whole – the defense has actually led this team for much of the season, but when the team needs to play, when the offense needs to figure it out, it's Joe Burrow. And look how he's done it this year. Joe Mixon has missed a lot of time, and Samaje Piran has stepped in and filled the void. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd have all missed time, and Trent Irwin steps up, and, and Joe Burrow is throwing back shoulder passes to Trent Irwin on key third downs in the season. He, uh, it, it doesn't matter who's around him. It doesn't matter if the defense is going to send five or six. It doesn't matter if the defense rushes three. Joe Burrow right now seems to have an answer for everything at the biggest time when he needs it. Is there any concern about the offensive line, the makeup of the offensive line, going up against a defense in Buffalo that doesn't necessarily rush the passer all that well, but if they needed to have any sort of antidote to doing that, this may be the perfect time against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a uh, an offensive line that through 15 weeks was healthy. None of the starters had missed a game through 15 weeks. And in a three-week span, you lose Alex Kappa, you lose Lael Collins, and you lose Jonah Williams. Uh, Jonah Williams wasn't being a dominant left tackle, uh, but at least Joe Burrow knew the ins and outs of where Jonah Williams was going to be. For a quarterback to lose that blindside left tackle, that's the concerning point. But they just got over the Baltimore Ravens, who I think are one of the best defense still uh, in the National Football League. And if you look at Buffalo from, from a four-down rush standpoint, because I think both of these quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, you don't want to blitz them because against the blitz, they're magnificent. Uh, when Von Miller was healthy, this was the fourth-best pass rush with four-down linemen in the NFL. Since Von Miller's left, they're ranked 27. So I think there's something to take from the Bengals of what they just did against the Baltimore Ravens. And I know the game technically didn't happen on that Monday night, but through two drives, the Bengals were moving the ball really well, and Joe Burrow looked great in the pocket. And I think they take a lot of that with him on, uh, on Sunday. Tony, uh, I was listening to an interview by Joe Burrow the other day, and you talk about some of the issues and the injuries with their O-line. 
with Williams and Kappa and company. And uh, he was asked a question about how he feels about being an underdog. And, you know, I, I feel like as an athlete who is confident in what I bring to the table, sometimes if I answer that question what I, how I truly think, it can sound cocky or arrogant, right? But, like, watching Joe Burrow in that moment react and say, I'm never the underdog. It was almost like it, it didn't seem cocky or arrogant. It just seemed like, yeah, yeah I just – that's how I, I'm never the underdog. Like, how does that translate to the rest of the team with that leadership style? It's changed the whole locker room. It, it, around Cincinnati, if, if there's one word from when Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow have arrived, it's been culture. The culture in the locker room is just different. Look what this team has done. In, in a calendar year, they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs three times. And they had to come from behind in deficits in essentially all of those games. They came from 17 back against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It, it is. It, it's odd because you want to be confident. And you guys know more than anyone – how much confidence in sports can elevate your own play and elevate those around you. But there's that fine line of confidence and cockiness. And Joe Burrow, he he walks the tightrope, but it's never cockiness. It's the confidence, and it's what builds the team around him that, look, if things get a little crazy or their backs are against the wall, the moment's never too big. He's won a Heisman. He's won a national title. He's gone into the biggest uh, atmospheres. He, He was sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans in the playoff last year. And they, they still found a way to win the game and make the plays at the end. So his confidence, it, it regulates through the whole locker room. And this team legitimately feels like they can win anywhere, anytime, no matter what the score, as long as Joe Burrow is the quarterback, there, there's a feeling in Cincinnati that they can still win the game. Is there any sense in Cincinnati, talking to Tony Pike, host since he's six, six, 360 on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, Tony, is there any uh, sense in Cincy that – Look, Josh Allen, he's the anointed one, right? Like, because of the progress he's made through his career and the tools he has, and he's awesome. And how close he came and the way he played against Patrick Mahomes last year in the playoffs. But he's not never gotten past Mahomes in the playoffs. And, you know, Justin Herbert obviously has never gotten past Mahomes in the playoffs. And no one has in the AFC except for Tom Brady. <laughs> when, when, by the way... You know, the rule that they changed for Josh Allen because he didn't get to touch the ball in overtime, they didn't change that for Mahomes, right? Uh, Tom Brady ended that game on an interception uh, in the AFC Championship. Mahomes going to the Super Bowl. Oh, no, wait, pre-snap penalty, and Brady gets the ball back. Like, that's the only dude other than Joe Burrow who has gotten past Patrick Mahomes. And yet, people still seem to be focused on Josh Allen in the comparison to Mahomes. Is there any sense in Cincy that he is being disrespected nationally somehow, Joe Burrow? Yeah, I think from a fan base, I think in that locker room, everyone knows who Joe Burrow is. And I think from opposing teams, everyone knows the respect that Joe Burrow brings. But, you know, if you're looking at how this season started, you know, there are a lot of times you wondered, why why are we even playing the games? Everyone said, it's it's Josh Allen and the Bills. This is their year. To a point, you know, Patrick Mahomes was slept on a little bit this year, losing Tyree Kill. Um, But Joe Burrow has done it. He has gotten over that hurdle. He has... He has made the Super Bowl, and, and look, they were they had five straight possessions with the lead where if they score, they, they probably win the Super Bowl. So the, the inconsistencies hurt in the Super Bowl, but th- there's a feeling that it's always been Allen, Mahomes, and then there's Herbert and a little bit of a, of, a, of a lot, and then Joe Burrow. And I think game by game this year, the way Joe Burrow did it, he doesn't have one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, he's lost guys that are key to this offense at different points in the year. Jamar Chase missed time again. Like, that's T. Higgins missed time. 
he hasn't skipped a beat. He hasn't made excuses. They just found a way to win. They lost their first two games of the season. Joe Burrow sat on the podium and told everyone to relax. It's going to be fine. And, and here they are, nine wins in a row. And while it's not there on the team, at least openly talked about, it is talked about here in the city that, you know, the more this happens, the more Joe Burrow's name gets put to the top of that list. And there's not that gap between the top two or three. Tony, you, you're there in Cincinnati on the ground and, and you're you're right there in the division with Cleveland in Baltimore, so to speak. And in Cleveland, Deshaun Watson, 230 fully guaranteed money in, on his contract. And then you also got Lamar Jackson looking to get a huge payday as well. And Joe Burrow now, you got the Bengals uh, ownership coming out and saying, hey, you know, we'd like to have this guy here for, for quite some time. What do you think that number is going to look like, knowing how the Bengals treat money, treated money in the past with their players? Yeah, you know, the, the craziest thing about since Zach Taylor arrived has been this shift in the organization. Um, little New Jersey's, the Ring of Honor, uh, their social media engagement, the, the way they've drafted, the way they've been aggressive in free agency. You know, doing, doing radio and being a Cincinnati Bengal fan for years growing up, the, the offseason was boring because they didn't go after free agents. And the, the talk was always, well, who are they going to draft high in the draft? They have changed that all since Zach Taylor took over as the head coach. Uh, so I do think they're willing to pay their players. I don't think there's a question. You know, Joe Burrow's number is going to start at 400. It's going to go up. I could see $500 million of, of money that is going to go to Joe Burrow to keep him as a Cincinnati Bengal for his whole career because he means that much to the city. Um, look at the, the, the leadership values, the, you know, as, as you guys said, the, the, the confidence, not the cockiness. He is a, a transcendent generational type of talent. Cincinnati's going to pay him whatever he wants. I think the interesting thing from a paying standpoint, uh, how, do you, how do you view in, in a league now where receivers are, are at a premium, how do you view T. Higgins with Jamar Chase? A lot of people view them as, as two number ones. Are you able to pay them as two number ones? Uh, what happens to, to Joe Mixon, to Tyler Boyd? What happens to the offensive line? Because there is a value in the National Football League uh, having a quarterback under that rookie deal because you can build around him. Now you've got to start getting creative in Cincinnati when you got to pay Joe, Joe Burrow four or $500 million. Tony Pike hosts Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Good talking to you, Tony. All right, Tony. Always, guys. Right, Appreciate it. You know, he's really, really tall. <laughs> you got to really see him. Tall. Right, like he's, all six sixes aren't man, created six, equal, six, right? Like, it's yeah. a lie. He's got to be 6'8". He's I, lying. Like, I've he's stood next be. to Yao Ming and also next to uh, why do we have Kevin to Garnett. Up, why do we have to bring up Yao Ming's name? <laughs> but also next is the tallest guy I can think of. And also Kevin Garnett. KG and I swear to God, Kevin really Garnett's tall. taller somehow. Yeah, I, don't tall. Know, I don't know Kev, what it is. K- he's just KG 7'6", man. No, Yao's different than KG. No, but Yao makes KG look tiny. If they're no, standing I get next it. to each other. But, but if you're but standing next to KG. I've stood next to them. Yes, I know too. this world. I'm just yeah, telling no, you. No, I he, he does tower. Oh, he's much bigger than KG. Right, of course. But KG next to us, Jay. Oh, me. I know. Man, he, <laughs> I'm here my, for one of my first games in Minnesota. This dude, I go up for a floater, and this dude grabs it out of the air. Doesn't block it. Grabs it out but of the what, air and starts a fast break. I'm like, just standing next him, to KG, I think he's the tallest human on earth. I and know what, what makes mean, him KG. really tall is yeah. he has the long. peanut little milk dud head, and he's just long. And you know, so what is it long. about Tony Pike that makes him look so tall? Same thing. Like he just 
As a quarterback, he's six six. Yeah. That's that's huge. All right. Is it fair to say that this is we just looked at the Bengals side of things, that this is a must win game for Josh Allen and the Bills. Keyshot J. Willemax. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hear us on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can download the podcast. You can listen on your smart speakers. Say, play ESPN Radio. You can see us on ESPNU up to 10 a.m. On ESPN2 up to 8 a.m. Eastern. And you can listen... On the app, click more on the lower right-hand corner of the ESPN app. Scroll down to live radio. We are right there. We're joined right now by Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center, 2015 Pro Bowler and Bills radio color commentator. Morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, Max. How you doing? Good, doing well. What, what, what's the buzz in Buffalo right now, like heading into the game? Uh, it's excitement, but I would say it's almost nervous excitement. You know, you, you head into the season as the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. There's almost a different type of expectations. Maybe internally with the team, they don't necessarily feel it. But I know it's a fan base and all the excitement and anticipation of this season and, and really the hopes and, and expectations of making it to the Super Bowl. You're going against a very good Cincinnati team. And even though the Bills sit as about a four-and-a-half-point favorite, I, I think there's a nervous excitement in, in Western New York. Eric, how much stress do you think is on? And I and I don't want to use pressure. I use the word stress is on because you're down on the ground. You're right there. Is on Josh Allen. Given the fact, like you said, you come in, you're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. You're the favorite for the MVP. You 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 lost to to uh, Kansas City. They changed the rules in overtime to to benefit you know basically the situation that happened against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you look at everything that's happened in your city from the the shooting to the snowstorm now Demar Hamlin all of these situations how much how much stress do you think is being put on Josh Allen right now Yeah I think externally there's a lot of stress you know Josh plays with a a freedom about him a competitiveness a chip on his shoulder that's the same each and every week and he's gotten so much better throughout his career managing those emotions not 
raising his level of excitement or trying to do too much in big games throughout his career, and he's played excellent in the postseason. Turnovers aside, last week he still throws for three touchdowns and over 350 yards. And so, you know, I, I think Josh at this point of his career manages that stress really well. But, yes, the, the, the expectations are there, and, and there's a lot of pressure on him to get them over the hump. And, you know, it feels like Buffalo's the team of destiny. If it was just the mass shooting last May, that would be enough to, to rally the troops when you consider the snowstorms, one of which uh, 40 people lost their lives. Kim Pagula, the owner of the Bills, has been sick since last summer, and we've not seen her or heard anything about it since. And so you could be playing for your sick owner that treats everyone in the organization so incredibly well. And then you have the DeMar Hamlin situation amongst others. So all of that kind of leads to the feeling that Buffalo's this team of destiny, and a lot of that falls on Josh Allen to get it done. Mm-hmm. Eric Wood, Bills radio color commentator, former Buffalo Bills center, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max E. You know, the latter part, I know Key asked you about DeMar. I, I think it's one of the most amazing things athletes have the ability to do that kind of get passed over or glossed over from the regular fan base, the ability to compartmentalize all those things you just made mention of and then go back and just play football, right? And uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation, like what kind of energy was around that game at that moment? And do you think it will be somewhat of a similar energy or how do you think the energy will be different? Yeah, I'm originally from Cincinnati and I've never – I call it Paul Brown Stadium still, but Paycorp Stadium – I've never seen it that electric. And Bill's Mafia can kind of bring out that in the fan base as well because they travel so well. But that stadium was electric, and then less than 10 minutes in, it's completely silent, and, and the place is in utter shock. You fast-forward a week to the game against the Patriots at home and the progressively great news that we heard throughout the week, and that game became a celebration. And the opening kickoff, Naeem Hines runs his first career kickoff return for a touchdown back. Uh, at the start of that game, and you have tears streaming down McDermott's face and Josh Allen, uh, emotional as well. And so last week, DeMar wasn't out there pregame. You still have the, the number threes on their jerseys. And I always say the best pregame speech might last a series into a football game, and then you just fall back on your habits. Wearing that number three on your jersey means something to these guys. It likely carries that passion even another level into the playoffs, which is even ramped up another notch from the regular season. But it'll mean a lot. And I don't know. Personally, I have no insider information. But if DeMar comes out this week, I almost feel like it would be to honor the Bengals and their medical staff and, and the way that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and the other captains with the Bengals handled that situation uh, in the moments following DeMar being down on the field. I, I think it would be a special, special moment if DeMar can come out this weekend. The Buffalo Bills, Eric, signed um, Von Miller to a massive deal because Brandon Bean, the general manager, and Sean McDermott realized that they were going to be going up against some juggernautic quarterbacks in the AFC conference, and they needed to be able to get those guys on the ground if they wanted to advance. Von Miller's not there this weekend for the Buffalo Bills. How can they bring pressure to Joe Burrow without blitzing because he – kills the blitz how can they do that up front 
Yeah, Joe Burrow's got the number one passer rating in the NFL against the Blitz. He's also got the second fastest time in the NFL to throw. So he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Obviously, Cincinnati's down three offensive linemen. I just heard Tony Pike talk about it on your show, so I won't reiterate the things he said. But this is a Bills defensive line that they've invested. Besides Von Miller, they brought in four free agents last year. They've also invested their top draft pick three out of the last four years into their defensive line. So guys like Greg Rousseau, guys like Ed Oliver that they made a top 10 pick, those guys have to step up and put pressure on Burrow because you're exactly right. If you try and bring five and six guys against Joe Burrow or even Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, those guys will simply light you up. And so you bring in a Von Miller to try and remedy Patrick Mahomes running wild and having so much time in Kansas City last year, which ultimately knocked you out of the playoffs. And so you bring him in, now you're without him. He's still playing a mentoring role, and he's still involved trying to get these guys going. I had him on my Center on Buffalo podcast this week, and he talked a lot about his role and the reason why he's still rehabbing in Buffalo, his ACL injury, is so he can still be around because when he signed that contract with the team, yes, it was to rush the passer and close out ball games, and they were calling him the closer for a reason, but it was also – to get these young, super talented guys that they put so much draft capital in to perform to the top of their ability. All right, that is Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center, 2015 Pro Bowler, Bills radio color commentator. Eric, thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Thanks, E. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime, guys. So, I don't know. Like, I, I really do feel like the pressure is all on Buffalo here. Um, it, is, it feels like this is, they're destined to win. Cincinnati's got that money in the bank from last year, one play away from winning the Super Bowl, way ahead of schedule, right? The Buffalo Bills are the team that got to take the next step here, Key. They're the yeah. ones where – I think was that the first team where you said, well, we're up against it, Key, but that was the first team that you said earlier, if they don't win, it's a failure. A lot of teams you let slide, no, nah, that's a disappointment. But you said if they don't win, it's a failure. How much confidence – should you have in your team next weekend? I'll tell you next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Zero, 50, or two, the max. What is uh, your confidence in, in your team, in the following team's chance to make the conference game, okay? Nuno, do the honors. All right, so yes. What is your confidence level in the Jags making it to the conference game? Zero, 50, or to the max? Zero, man. I have zero confidence that the Jags will beat up on Kansas City and make it to the championship game. But then again, I felt the same way about Cincinnati a year ago, and they beat Kansas City at home and wind up going to the Super Bowl. So 
you know, but I got zero as of now. Yeah, I'll say zero. I, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. His play over the last month and a half has been incredible. I love what Doug Peterson has done with this team, pulling them out of the trenches of hell, frankly, to get them into the playoffs in year one of his career there with the Jags. But it, it's not Joe Burrow. It, it's, I, I, I think what we saw last year was literally an anomaly, and I have zero. All right, I don't think anyone in these playoffs is at zero. However, because that defeats the point of the game and zero really represents the worst kind of chance, I'll go zero because I I don't want to go 50. I'll go zero. But I think every single team in these playoffs has a shot. I will go zero (laughs) on this team. I I have to go zero because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to do the key and ruin the game because uh, he says disappointment for everyone except for, like, one team. Who's a failure? You can always go twenty five percent. I mean, you made up. No, the you game. can't. You made up the game. I didn't make up the game. The producer, but well, maybe I did make. It up sounds the game. like the Jags are more twenty five percent for you. I know, but there is no twenty five option. All right, so zero. So unlike Key, I won't ruin it, and unlike you, I won't make up my own rules. I'm a team player. Now you gonna say I ruined something? Man, stop, Max. No, no, let's go. Uh, all right. Look, ask me any question. I just want to win the Super Bowl. No MVP talk. Go ahead. All right. So this. The next one should be easy then. Zero fifty or to the max. Confidence in the Chiefs' chance to make the conference game. It, it's pretty easy. I, I'm, I'm going to go to the max. And, and on top of that, when you think about it, they don't have to go on the road other than if they play Buffalo. Then they go to Atlanta. And other than that, they'll be at home throughout these playoffs. Yeah, and Atlanta's neutral site. I'll go 100% I, to the max. I mean, I, I have all the confidence in the world with the Chiefs. Again, I didn't major in math, but it seems to me if you go 0% zero zero, on one side, we can move on. It's 100 for everyone. It's to the max. All right, next team, the New York football Giants, zero fifty or to the max, and confidence in that they can go into Philly, win that game, and make the conference game. I'm going to say 50. I'm not going to give them a zero. I'm going to say 50 because they're a much better football team than I think a lot of people giving them credit for. I really believe that the receivers are a little bit different than what people thought they were at the beginning of the year, including myself. And Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are certainly playing at high level and the defense is solid and sound. So I'll give them a 50-piece. Yeah, 5-0, 50-piece. Uh, I'm not going to sit up here and even try to tell people on national TV that the Vikings defense is on the same level as the Eagles defense. It's actually quite the opposite. It's extremely the opposite. So – I think what we saw against the Vikings, it was a great win for Brian Dable and the Giants, uh, but I'll give it 50 because I, I don't see it really coming to fruition against the Eagles. Yeah, I give it a 50 also just because I can't go zero. It's somewhat less than 50 as a Giants fan, but, but it ain't zero. Uh, Daniel Jones' performance all season has been between – it's never been less than solid and at best has been excellent, right? And recently it's varied like the last second – the second half of the season is between like – Good, very good, and excellent. And the last two games, the best of his career. Saquon's got to run it a lot. They have a shot. If Hurts is not 100%. If Hurts is really Hurts, they ain't going to win. But if Hurts is really banged up, they got a shot. If Hurts is really hurt. Yes, if Hurts is really hurt. I feel it's like who's on first. The Abbott. You ever hear Abbott and Costello, who's on first? Yes. Yeah, well, that's what it says. It, it's, it's zero, man. Eagles by two touchdowns. Keep it moving. <laughs> Pat Costello. We do KJMP. All right, so we're going to just skip the Eagles and go to the next team. Bengals, 0-50 or to the max. Confidence in them winning this game and making the conference game. I got a 50. I got a 5-0 piece for Cincinnati going into Buffalo. The crowd is going to be insane 
And it's not that these guys haven't played on the road and went like went into Kansas City a year ago and won and went on to the Super Bowl. But this crowd is going to be insane. I just feel like it, Buffalo is a team of destiny right now, and they're going they're going to empty the kitchen sink and they're going to try to do it on Cincinnati. I'll go fifty, but I'll tell you this: if, if Joe Burrow. Is it able to go into Buffalo, <laughs> considering three of his O-linemen are out and Jonah Williams and Kappa? Wow. Like, and, and the thing is, like, you go 50 because you believe that Joe Burrow has the ability in, in a horrible environment that is, has so much to rally around Buffalo. The country has so much to rally around Buffalo that this dude could be the dude to put the dagger in the heart. Um. I know I don't want to just reduce it to that, but it's it's hard not to get do it emotionally. I think about I always say that the scene from a Predator Two where you finally get on the Predator spaceship and you see he has all the pelts on the wall. There's Yoda. There's E. T. There's the alien, right? Because he's been going through the galaxy collecting these pelts. He's hunting everybody. It, don't let Joe Burrow hang Josh Allen's playoff pelt on the road next to Patrick Mahomes's already. That would, you just, that would be so gangster, and he's the type of dude to do it. But he has pieces missing on the offensive line, and the thing that Josh Allen needs to fix, which is the turnovers, that's within his control. Joe Burrow can't control what's protecting him, right? So i got to go 50. All right, so we'll go to the last game. 0-50 to the max. Confidence in the Cowboys' chance to win this game and make the conference uh, title game. I'm at 50 right now. I mean, that may change uh, new when I get to the game. But I'm at 50 right now because Dak Prescott had an amazing performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This defense in San Francisco is not the Buccaneers. But this team in the San Francisco 49ers hadn't really seen a dynamic, potent, balanced offense attack since Kansas City. And I think that was back in like week eight. So I, I want to really see what it's going to be. So I'm just going to get a Cowboys at 50 for now. I'm just going to do it for the hell of it. I got zero for the Cowboys. Um, Number two for the hell of it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I, I think, obviously going against Tampa Bay, coming off that last game they had in Week 18, when Dak barely has pressure on him, he's able to make a lot of things happen. I think Dak had a spectacular game. I just think that 49ers defense is different. I think it's going to be challenging for Dallas to stop the run game. And I, I know everybody keeps saying, Damian Woody's like, hey, put it on Purdy, make him do it. But I, I just have a lot more trust in Kyle Shanahan than I do with Mike McCarthy. I would go zero if, except for two things. Not only did Dak look good last time out, very, very good. You are, you're due for a loss, man. You ain't going to lose. Win every San Francisco's won every game. Was it 12? That's 12. You know you said that last yeah, you week. You just said that against the Seahawks. I know, Seahawks. but that, now the they're thing. more due for a but, – but this is a better team than the Seahawks. So, so I didn't start with that, with the Seahawks, <laughs> divisional rivals that do for a loss. They think just like me. Right on it, Key. But this time – am I ruining it? But this time, the Cowboys – just looked as good as they did. Dak looked as good as he did, and they're playing a team that hasn't lost out due to get popped. Uh, that's why I'm going 50. I still like the Niners, but I'm not going to go. Yeah, it, it's, it, this is an interesting game because it can really go either way. Yeah. And, and I've seen the Cowboys play really, really good football at times when they went into Minnesota and really did them in. You know, when they did Tampa Bay in, you could see that the Cowboys got some stuff. Key, you think, but, you think Dak's going to have a good game? I think so. Yeah. I think in his mind, he realizes 
how bad he played down the stretch and how, not necessarily bad he played, but how he turned the football over down the stretch in all the chatterboxes, the, the Max Kellermans and the, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world flapping their gums. He understands that. That's why I think that's why he was so locked in in Tampa Bay because he knew that that moment was so big. Think about it. Everybody at Seaport and then some was in Tampa Bay. Right? I mean, like, think about Not it. Not me. I was right, I was right well, here I mean, in the studio. It, just, it goes to show you how big that Tampa Bay game was, no and question. he knew the magnitude of it. Yep. Yep. So, in other words, I am not only responsible for Tom Brady's late career surge, but also for Dak Prescott's playoff performance. Thank you. Seven of the head coaches coaching this weekend, guys, have offensive backgrounds, which leads to the question, will this have an effect on offseason hirings? Keyshawn J. Willemax. ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, are presented by Progressive Insurance. The divisional round will be the hot ticket this weekend. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. All right. This is Rihanna, right? Yeah, I think so. Rihanna and Drake. Yeah. Rihanna and Drake. She got the. I think she might have the highest on-base percentage. Who you like? Who you rock more, Key? You you think uh, Rihanna or or Beyonce? Which one? Same to me. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. Same? I don't. Not not necessarily music, but what what you mean, like music or just? Which music do you prefer? Yeah. Both. Both? Both, yeah. That's not a preference. Yeah, both. I like. Wow. I don't have. I don't like. Oh, 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 wow, wow. I'm just not. We're not. Compa- we're just asking which music do you prefer. That's you can't. All. You can't like one more than the other. I, apparently not. Seems to me you can. That's no. I, mean. I like them both. Well, you can like yeah, them both. You can, but you can have like a preference one over the other. Yeah. Everyone preference? has preferences. Rihanna. Oh man, they ridiculous. Both of them though. It's just hard for me to separate. Yeah, but they're both for good at it. They're both for good. It's just hard. You could like. What do you listen to more? How's that? Different way to phrase it. Oh, Depending we'll on where I'm at and what mood. We'll see what we got Super Bowl. We'll see what Riri stays. Man, you know she coming with fire. Man, Riri ain't made fire. She ain't made an album since 2015, that, and everybody can't wait for her to perform at halftime. I mean, one one hit after another. I can't think of one bad Rihanna song. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Seven of the eight head coaches left in the playoffs are offensive minded. If you have an opening, would you hire a defensive minded head coach? That's the question. Think about this. This is something um, Warren Sharp, Sharp Analytics, tweeted yesterday. He pointed out the backgrounds of all the head coaches left in the playoffs, right? Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Brian Dabel, Nick Sirianni, Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott is the only guy with a defensive background, Mike McCarthy, and Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's seven out of eight, guys. That means something to you, Keith? No, it doesn't mean anything to me. Just means that there are head coaches that made it to the playoffs. 
and they happen to be heavy offensive, heavy offensive-minded coaches that are head coaches in the NFL. But but just happens to there's it's not like can I, it's can five I tell you what it means three. to me? Max? It just happens to be that way. Uh, CQ, where I take this is that I'm like, oh okay, like, and, and Brock Purdy has some to him, not the same as the other, but like all these offenses has QBs that are so dynamic, mm-hmm. right? That can get out of harm's way. Like they're not, and I, the league is obviously trending this way. But to me, it's more of a it's more of a staple, a moment of time about the quarterback position. And the, and the offensive strategies around those quarterbacks that can scramble and create so much havoc for defenses. But but, but also, Jay and Max, don't let this fool you, right? Because Kevin O'Connell was an offensive-minded coach. He's at home. Sean McVay was an offensive-minded coach. He's at home. Nathaniel Hackett was an offensive-minded coach. He got fired. So don't along let – Along those lines, Key? Along those let lines? get you. Someone, but wait, but hold yeah. on. Also, Max, when you look at the defensive side of the ball for defensive-minded head coaches, mind you, Mike McDaniel was an offensive-minded coach. He's at home. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the defensive-minded coaches, their teams aren't good. Like Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's in a rebuilding makeover process in Seattle. Defensive-minded coach. Okay, Steve Wilkes in Carolina, he took something over that was eh, that was an offensive-minded coach that he took over for. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona was an offensive-minded coach. He's at home now. Robert Sala went through something from a quarterback standpoint that did not work out, but the defensive unit was good and everything else was good. The quarterback just bad. So, Key, along those lines, let me, let me give an, an, another way of thinking about it, okay? Because Warren Sharp tweeted that out. I like Warren Sharp, Sharp a lot. I use his stuff on the air and credit him when I do, of course. Benjamin Albright responded to him. He's the reporter at the at, – uh, at, uh, he's a Broncos reporter. Um, responded to him on Twitter because Warren Sharp tweeted it out. Worst 10 records this year. Top two are defensive coaches, one and two. But then offense three, offense four, five, six, seven, eight, nine – <laughs> All offensive coaches. So, Key, another way to look at it is that the kind of jibes with your point is, well, if the trend is to hire offensive coaches, more of them, there will be many more offensive coaching background guys with head coaching jobs. And therefore, you will expect to find, no matter what cross-section of coaching you look at, you'll expect to find a lot of offensive guys. That includes the good and the bad, right? Yeah, you are. I mean, Mike Tomlin is a defensive-minded coach. Here's Good another coach. another guy on Twitter, calls himself Geno Smith for one MVP vote, <laughs> had this to follow up with. Scoring defenses. San Francisco, number one scoring D. Philadelphia, number eight scoring D. Buffalo, number two scoring D. KC, no, so they all have high-level scoring defenses. Yes, it's, and that's it, why, it's, it's and that's like why a, I pointed out Pete Carroll. I'm like, the defense isn't good. Key, it's almost, it's almost like a study in how you can – what you were talking about with the Aaron Rodgers quote, Jay, context, how when you contextualize it changes the meaning, and also how you can make numbers kind of do what you want when you take them out of context. Oh, right? man, you can make numbers do whatever. Right, I mean, if you take them out of context. context yeah. You take a snapshot of something up close, and it looks a certain way. And I'm not saying, like, Warren Sharp doesn't do that to be, you know, to no, devious. No. It's just like, oh, wait, consider – 
taking a, a different perspective. It sheds new light on the numbers. But I also think I just it's the way the that certain sports are being framed, right? So it's like think about the narrative surrounding the NFL and the NBA. Like right now you're seeing historic numbers in the NBA with guys scoring – 30-plus points per night, and we talk about analytics, the spacing, right, the kind type of personnel that coaches want. I think it's almost the same thing in football a little bit. People like to see high-scoring games. So you, like, you build around the analytics of how do you do that, what kind of quarterbacks, what kind of strategies. It doesn't make the defense less. You still need it, but there's more of a little bit of an emphasis on the offense. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of coaches in the league would rather win. There's a lot of coaches, believe it or not, Jay, they'd rather win 3 nothing. I, I, I hear you. I agree. I, I mean, mean but it's also the way we look at it. They ain't going to get a fans. job if they say that out loud, Key. Huh? They ain't going to get a job if they say that out loud, right? Like, you know. I mean, it I, depends. I, I want to build a team. Imagine interviewing with you an owner. If you pointed to somebody and you said, hey, would you hire him? What do you think the score is going to be? I'll tell you in a heartbeat, 3 nothing. Right, but could you if imagine I hire Rex Ryan, if I hire Rex Ryan, If I hire Rex Ryan as my head coach, I'm expecting 6-3. to three. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because we winning. As long I'm as you okay win. I'm okay with that. Right? And if I hire Sean McVay, I'm expecting – 55-45. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. But see, the thing is, even about Sean McDermott, they have such an offensive weapon. Like, I know he's a defensive-minded guy, but that weapon, it makes you think offense first because that's perception. It may not be the reality because of Sean McDermott's background, but you think offense. I love when that gets Bills. crossed. Like, when you get a, an offensive-minded guy on a defensive team and vice versa, Oof. like – Billick with the Ravens back then, or to me, that's always so interesting. Key, even though I know there's different styles, man. Like as Billick was as, supposed to be, but uh, before you move on, Jay, yeah. Billick was supposed to be this this offensive guru, yeah, but he innovator. Had defensive players. He looked he looked really good in Minnesota with Chris Carter and Randy Boss and Jake Reed and Robert Smith. He was dialing it up. He got to Baltimore. They was kicking field goals. See, I. It's like, so I had to call UVA at Florida State, right? And UVA in bas- college basketball has a – they play the 360th pace in college basketball. So there's a huge emphasis, Max and Key, on defensive principles and the pack line defense is what they call it, right? Now, me, as a, as a basketball guy, mm-hmm. I can enjoy the nuances of the game because I understand it. I see it. But when I hear the common everyday fan, they're like, I can't watch this. You know, there's no appreciation for it. And I kind of feel like that's how – NFL fans kind of look at even like powerful defensive minded teams that win game six to three. You're like, man, these yeah. games are hard to watch because yeah. they can't appreciate my it, favorite game yeah, ever I, was I seven seven. I can't, I can't appreciate watching Iowa and Michigan State. I just sorry, That's, not gonna work for me. Yeah, but when it's, saying, but, but when it's my teams, teams. but like, like as a oh. Giants fan, when the Gus Farrakh game when they tied it, it was seven seven, right? Ten ten or seven seven seven. I love that game because when it speaks to the identity of the team, you're like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Iowa versus Wisconsin. Whoa. 20 to 8 at halftime. Oh. Hey, guys. Will, a- will Aaron Rodgers really play for another team next year? Adam Schefter thinks that's the best possibility. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.